0: Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, board gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with another Lanyup episode. This time, we're talking Disney-themed board games. And hey, I have enlisted my buddy, Dean from Meepletown, to help me out with this one. Hey, hey BJ. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped because I
0: love Disney board games. And honestly, I don't have anybody that I can talk to about them. So I'm just excited uh, that you'd let me come talk about Disney board games.
1: Exactly. We're both Disney fans. We talk about it off the show all the time. I don't know your background though. How, how far do you go back with Disney? When, when did you fall in love with it? Um, so not until high school.
0: Uh, that was my first trip to Disney World. And me and my dad. Um, we just we started planning these trips together for the whole family, and then we you know we keep up with all the news and everything for Disney and everything that's going on with the Disney parks and all that. So it's just kind of become like this other hobby that that me and my dad got into, and um, now I'm introducing my kids to it. And we don't go as often as you, BJ. You're you're down there quite a bit.
1: Just every once in a while, you know, when <laughs> I can sneak away and get down there. But uh, I do enjoy it. I went the first year it opened not the actual year, but the calendar, not the calendar year, but 1972. I was there when it opened that summer and I've been back, you know, fairly frequently ever since then. So I do love it. Okay. But it's sort of like a hobby, like board gaming. I mean, it's a rabbit hole. If you start getting into the Disney parks there, you can really fall into the internet hole. Don't you think?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much, (laughs) there's so much good stuff to you know, from, you know, even if you just say, Hey, I'm going to focus on the hidden Mickey's at Disney world parks. Uh, you can spend a lot of time researching and, you know, searching for those different hidden Mickey's that you see throughout the park. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of different hobbies
1: within the hobby, I guess, kind of like board gaming. So when the, one of the first games I actually remember purchasing at a little TG and Y type store was Casper, the friendly ghost. I was probably five or six years old and that game was basically spin and move the ghost around and, you know, try to get back to the start. It was terrible. And it <laughs> Me off from there on IP games just are terrible. Dean, as a fellow Disney fan, how excited did you get when all of a sudden you've got this awesome hobby of board gaming and then cool Disney IP themed games started coming out?
0: Yeah, I real excited. Well, I you know, we'll talk about several of those tonight, but I think I still have a little reluctance though, honestly, because there's still some of those misses. And I'll talk about some of that tonight too. But, um, but, you know, with with villainous using some, you know, mechanisms that you see in games like Scythe and it's, that's a big deal, you know, that these, these games are getting introduced to the mass market, but at the same time, they're using the same mechanisms that we use in hobby board gaming. It's, it's really cool.
1: We're going to be talking about six games that have Disney IP and they're all out here in 2020. Some of them have some pixie dust, and some of them are more like the vacuum cleaning street people, you know, messing up the magic when you're just trying to watch and look at the wishes, right? So (laughs) let's find out which ones you do and you don't like, and we're going to start it off, Dean, tonight with a game I've played, and I know you've played, but I'm not so sure you've played the 2020 version of this, and that's- I have not. Disney's villainess Perfectly Wretched. What's your experience with Disney's villains?
0: Um, Some goods and some bad. So Villainous is a game that I like, but I've also introduced it to my family, which they're huge board gaming people. Um, the first time I introduced it to them, we played a six player game with people that are not great at listening to rules. I love my family, but they just get, you know, we get talking oh, six and it was, it was a mess. It was about two and a half hours of a lot of questions, <laughs> but at the same time, one of my sisters actually bought the game and they play it with their family. They really like it a lot. Uh, and, but I like the game; I think it's cool. Um, I, I've not played the, the newest expansion though. I've played all the. You know, I've got all
1: all the stuff here. But yeah. but but this one. So tell me about it. Okay, so so but before we get started, both of us agree: thumbs up for Villainous, right? We both. Yeah, agree. one of my favorites of of Disney board games. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So I love Villainous. I'm going to tell you, I don't like it with more than three people. I think it's a perfect three-player game. You start getting five players. I can't even imagine playing at six like you did. But here's what's cool. The people at Funko who are doing the, you know, they're the ones basically, Prospero Hall, who have been bought out by Funko. The the Prospero Hall people are the ones that have been doing these Disney additions to the base game. And every one of them is thematic. And the first one, I'm sorry, the one that came out this year is called Perfectly Wretched. I've got a a shot of it there on the screen. And it's got, of course, the silhouette of one of the all-time best Disney villains, and that is Cruella de Vil. There's three people that come in this set, uh, Dean, and that's kind of the way that they do those with the expansions, at least. The base game had six, if I remember right. Six or eight? Right. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you can play up to six players for that one. You
1: can use all the factions. I, just, I couldn't remember. And then after that, they've been coming out with these little three uh, sets. So Cruella, of course, is the first one. I don't know. I got the target version of this. It comes with a different front than I showed you because that, that was a picture of the box. But the actual slip is is something really cool. It looks It's got the Dalmatian dots on it. So I'm not sure if this piece is the one that comes with everyone. So I apologize out there, chat crew and Meeple Town people. I'm not sure if this is the one you get. You may get something slightly different, but if you get the Target version, uh, each of those pieces, as you know, have those um, what do they call them? Um, the movers, the little pawns, the tokens, the yeah, movers. Well, I can't remember what they're called, but this <laughs> one it looks like the little coat with the uh, with the with Corella Deville, and I really like Corella Deville's uh, character in this one because what you're doing is you're trying to get the 99 puppies, and I, and and as a brief overview, villainous turns the hero tales on its head, right? Yes, yeah. You're actually playing the villain and you're playing against other villains and you're trying to finally be, you know, the winner in a Disney movie, which never happens, right? But <laughs> <laughs> In this game, you're trying to collect 99 puppies before the other players complete their objective. And, and the puppies come out with these little 11s and 22s, and you're trying to get them over to the right place so that you can bring them over to this other place. Kind of a familiar mechanic, Dean. If you've played some of the other characters, it's just done differently with these different uh, tokens. You're going to recognize all the familiar characters, you know, from the movie itself. So, Crowne Ville, a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm really looking forward to this. My problem with this is I've I'm not caught up, so I, I own all the other stuff, but I just haven't played all the other expansions yet. Uh, but I love how every one of these feels so thematic to the villain that you're playing. Uh, sure. I just think that's that's really cool. The, the Queen of Hearts, you, I think you mentioned that one earlier. That's that's one of my favorite ones because I just love the
1: the feel of how that one plays out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that one's got the little random chance with it, right? Yes, Vill uh-huh. uh-huh. has a little bit of element of uh, a little bit of element of of luck and chance with that with flipping over the with flipping over the tiles. Are you going to get the ones or the twos? There are elevens and twenty twos but it's really ones and twos, you know, you're trying to get nine points of tiles or 99 points between them. But the other thing about them is it almost has a feeling like herding puppies because the puppies keep going on and off your board, on and off your board. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm moving them over. So getting close to where, I'm, and there's Dean sending them back, sending them back. So it feels like the movie. When you, when you think about the animated feature, the puppies are all over the place and she can never seem, you know, Jasper and Horace, I think Jasper and Horace can never seem to corral. They're running you know. the stairs and doing things that you get that same thematic feel with Corella de Ville. So that's cool. So would you would you recommend this?
0: Uh BJ, is this one any more difficult than any of the other ones, or is it just you know throw it in there if
1: you know villainous? You it's not gonna be too difficult. I think is fine. Uh I don't remember the order, but what's cool about the expansions? They order them, they usually come with a complicated one, a medium yeah. one, and kind of a beginning one. Um mm-hmm. uh, as we go through the three, I'll try to remember which one is the easier one. Um, I, I'm just drawing a blank now. I should have looked that up. Thanks a lot, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to the next one. The next one is from a movie that I totally passed over. In fact, I never fully watched it until actually a couple of months ago. I always caught snippets of it as my little bugs would listen to it you know, or watch it. I would catch the start or the middle, but I never actually sat through the whole one. And that's Mother Gothel from Tangled. Have you have you seen Tangled the movie? It's it's one of the best Disney movies out there. It's really good. I, I'm so impressed. But now you know, lit, listening to snippets of it, I it, it didn't excite me. Watching it from start to finish, I was super impressed. It's actually a great Disney movie. Yep. And the scene where they're in the boat and the lights are coming on for the first time, and she finally recognizes what those things are, and the music's playing in the background. Oh man, that is a classic.
0: classic. It is. Disney. Season. Yeah, yeah. I know several people. This is their favorite Disney movie. So I'm excited about this this villain. Then okay, hold on. Uh, let's not go to overboard. All right.
1: <laughs> it's a great movie, but it's not the best Disney I movie. There are
0: people that I know. This is not my favorite Disney movie, but.
1: <laughs> is a lot of fun. You are trying to get as it starts here. You're trying to get the trust, of course, of uh, Rapunzel. Right? Yeah, Rapunzel. Yeah. So you're trying to get those ten sort of kind of like a mixture of maybe Prince John trying to get 20 coins and a couple of other characters. But it's not like Prince John at all. You know, no one can just watch you get to 17 or 18 and then just start tagging Prince yeah. John like everybody does.
0: He's it's, probably uh, my least favorite in the series, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's so straightforward.
1: I mean, it's really hard to win from Prince John because everybody, especially in a multiplayer game, everybody just gangs up on you. Mother yeah. Gotham is a little bit more sneaky than that. It's 10 Trust and to get the trust, you have to kind of walk it down. So it's it's a lot of fun, very thematic. It's got some of the great art in the in the feature. So you're going to recognize all of the characters. And by the way, one of my favorite little areas, those little, not hidden, but one of my favorite little not so well-known areas, that new area between Liberty Square and uh, Fantasyland. Have you seen the tangled bathroom area? Do you know no, what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. I have not. They redid the entrance underneath where the old skyway was and uh-huh. it had just abandoned for years. They've completely redone all that over the last couple of years. And now it's a recreation of the town scene from Tangled where the piano player, the one with the hook. Yes. Yeah. It's that scene. And it's oh, that's cool. You're Perfect. Take your kids there. You're going to be amazed. At how how photogenic that little tiny area is there. It's just a bathroom, okay. I'm, I don't want you to get so excited, but it's you know if you're a Disney fan, you're gonna go, wow, they really did a nice job with this bat with this bathroom. That's really <laughs> nice. It's a fun little courtyard. So take a look at that. That's great, uh, Mother Gothel. Uh, I like it, Mother Gothel. A little bit more complicated, l- less luck than um, than Cruella De Vil. And last but not least. Maybe my least favorite of the three. Oh no! I am really excited about this one. <laughs> still interesting, but and that's Pete. Like <laughs> so Pete, here's why Pete's unusual, Dean. It's not one of the animated features. The first time that that uh, Funko has done, uh, Prospero Hall has done this. It it comes from the cartoons instead, right? Does that signal that we might be starting to see things like? You know, the Rescue Rangers or Pixar movies or something else coming, maybe?
0: I kind of hope so, because I think there's some really, especially moving into that Pixar area. I guess that's a whole nother topic, but I've got a list in my mind of ones that I really want to see. And, and some of those are like the uh, Turbo from uh, Wreck-It Ralph is one I want to see. And the uh, 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 Syndrome from uh, Incredible Ooh. A good one, So it'd be nice to see him moving outside of some of those main feature ones.
1: I like that syndrome from uh, the Incredibles, the first Incredibles. Oh, that that's would right. be yeah, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So we might be seeing that. So as you can see, Pete's got the color scheme and everything, and that's his and that's his marker. The color scheme and everything that's got the it you know calls to mind the classic Disney cartoons of the 30s and 40s. Um, the the funny thing about Pete, and I think this is why I liked him the least out of the three, is. He's got four goals, but they're all hidden. Other people don't know what your goals are. And if I remember right, you're trying to figure it's been a while since I played Pete, right? Since right at the start of the pandemic. So I don't remember exactly, but I remember being a little irritated with those goals that you had to, you had kind of these little secret goals and you had to pick one that you were actually going to do. Um, nothing wrong with it. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite out of the three. The artwork is, you know, it's not as interesting to me as as some of the animated features, and I've never really been a fan of Pete. So,
0: okay, that that makes sense. I'm honestly, the artwork is why I'm so drawn to him because it seems so different. Just that that black and white theme that he has,
1: I love that they went that route. I think that's really cool. And it's the only time you can see Steamboat Willie right there, you know, attacking you as you can see from the screen. So it's I I gotta admit, it's you know, there's some things to it. I out of all of the three. On this set, I've only played Pete once. Pete once. So you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have too much of an opinion on that. I need to try it more than that. The, okay. As you well know, villains is a game that rewards multiple plays with the same character as you learn the strategy of how the character can best be used, you know.
0: Yeah, and with people who know the game very well because they know how the all the other villains Play out. Um, I, I, I
1: totally agree with
0: that. I, I, Cruel Deville, though, is is one that I've heard a lot of people clamoring for for a while. Right? She's she's been kind of at the top of the list of villains that people want to see. That's why I'm really intrigued to see what's coming next because I feel like some of the really big ones that people scar, you know, people that that were really wanting these big name villains. I'd love to know what's going to be next. I'm, I'm excited for this, but I'm gonna have to check this one out. Yeah, what they've
1: got to. Gonna- be- big names who do i want yeah that's tough they've done a lot of the people that i would want to do you know uh yzma from emperor's new groove you know uh, oh yeah yeah they've done a bunch of people i'd I'd have to think about it you have somebody like top of the list i turbo i you know I, i don't know why but
0: i i think he's a cool i think he's a pretty cool villain and then to see some of the pixar stuff uh sneaking in i think would be really that'd be really interesting i think
1: my favorite Pixar movie is Ratatouille, and I just don't know that the chef would be a good enough, you know, central bad person, central villain. Yeah. The problem with the Pixar movies is a lot of them don't really have that m- major villain, you know,
0: especially the newer ones. You're absolutely right. Lotso would be a cool one, though. I think from from Toy Story the
1: two. Oh, yeah, is that right? The second Toy Story is that? Um, three Toy Story three? Maybe. I Toy Story two I is the collect. Japan. He was trying to sell them to Japan.
0: Right. Uh, he, uh, that's right. So that would be the po- prospector P- Pete in that one, I guess. So yeah, it's the third one. Uh, Lots of the bear I think would be really cool to. Um, yeah, that's maybe cool. the, maybe okay. the best villain in in Toy Story, perhaps.
1: Um, Pretty good villain, but uh, but you know a lot of the villains are just not out and out you know, uh, just black and white, you know, old time Pete type villains. Think of soul. I I got to watch soul this weekend and there's no central villain in that. You know, I mean, who would you say the villain is in soul? It's really, there's really no central villain, right?
0: Yeah. Maybe himself, you know, (laughs) you know, that's, it's, you can get really deep on that. Maybe you could have like, uh, from, from inside out
1: the, the rage character who's not, (laughs)
0: that's not barely a villain though, but you know.
1: Thinking outside it, the box. I think it's funny with, the, you know, if you think through all the, the the big time Pixar movies, there's never really that big central, you know, central villain. Now, the the villain from Jungle Book, I think, would be one that, you know, that I would want to see. Uh, Shere Khan would be somebody I'd want to see. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's still a lot of classics that, that we don't have villains for. And uh, I mean, there's a ton. There's a ton of classics that we don't have villains for in this game yet. We Speaking do of... Not J-
1: have- I would think Gaston would, would probably be top of the list for most people, right?
0: Oh, that's right. Actually, so I made a list, BJ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go through all that. I would mention some of them, but Gaston did. is probably at the top of my list. That, that's the first one that I put down on my list. So.
1: Yeah, people Town listeners, if you were listening right now, you'd see Johnny Prepared over there with Dean with his list.
0: <laughs> uh, Fro- Frollo from uh, Hunchback was another one I put on there who's not, I don't think is in any of the sets, right? Have you seen Hunchback of Notre-, Notre Dame? Yes, I and mean, it's not in the
1: set, no. Okay, all right. Scar, Scar is. This year, and I love. It. You had mentioned Scar, but Scar is in the Be Prepared set.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Cruella and Scar are the ones that people really, really wanted, and then they came, so I was wondering, you know, Gaston's another name that I heard a lot of people talk about.
1: I think, judging on his popularity of the parks and popularity with the movie, I think that I think that Gaston would be up there. I would yeah. that. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's move on to the next one. So, so, again, we're doing Disney tw- 2020 hobby games that have come out. There's some games we're not talking about, Disney Jenga, Disney Monopoly, things like that, right? We're talking about no. six games that if you're a Disney fan, you could play. First one was um, Perfectly Wretched from Disney Vilness. The next one is one I have not played, so i gonna let you take this over. Tell me about Jungle Cruise. Well, let me tell you about my love for Jungle Cruise before I do that, BJ. I-
0: Jungle Cruise is one of my favorite attractions at Disney World. I mean, I just absolutely love it. The jokes crack me up. My sisters, they'll randomly send me clips of Jungle Cruise, you know, videos from the Jungle Cruise of jokes that people are saying on there. And they're the same jokes. I don't care. I just love them so much. So I heard Jungle Cruise was coming out. And I was really hyped. Sat down with my family, who we've ridden Jungle Cruise a ton. And in this game, uh, you are basically you're on you're on these little uh, boats, and you are carrying passengers uh, along this map. It's a it's a roll and move game. So you roll die to determine how far you're going to move. Then you're going to flip these cards over to determine what's going to happen. The cards um, will have different uh, different. Um, what's the word? I'm, I, I guess they're were they passengers or <laughs> they they can bring about passengers so they're like I guess kind of event type of cards um, things okay. will happen and tell you um, danger cards I think is what they're called so certain cards are more dangerous than other cards and and you have to um, defeat these cards depending on how how much how many you had rolled so what your die roll was okay and you have to take four cards and you pick uh, you pick the cards that you're going to to do, I guess, the ones that you're going to roll against and then basically roll and determine what's going to happen. Now, there's some modifiers to those rolls based on the items that you have and things like that. But uh, but for the most part, it's a roll and move and then rolling to determine what's going to happen after that. Now, the game is fine for what it is. At the end of the game, basically, you're having you have these passengers and items in your boat, and then you're going to get points for those. You're also along the way, you're gonna you're gonna try to figure out who the family is in the at the end of the game. There's four different families. Three okay. of them are revealed throughout the game, and then one is left at the end. And if you know who that is, then you're gonna get extra points.
1: So a it's, little bit of a deduction, then try to figure out which family hasn't been revealed, right?
0: It, yeah, but you know, it is it's It's do I stop, do I go a little bit longer route to find out who these other families are so I can determine that at the end? Or do I just not care as much about that so I can get points in other ways and get to the end faster than other people? Um, This sounds like one of your top two or three games of all time. This is not. uh, This was a bit of a miss and and it really bummed me out. But I, I recognize also my expectations for this one were pretty high. The the positive is every time you get one of these cards, you have something that you read on it. Uh, so like this one says, I'm told that gorillas are great apes. I've met them. They're okay. So it has all of these like okay. Jungle Cruise jokes on it. And that's the gist of the game, honestly, like all, all of the cards. But the problem is you go through the entire deck in a game and then some. So by mm-hmm. the time you get through the deck and you're re- and some of them repeat throughout the deck, so you're reading the same jokes over and over again in one game and so that's kind of a problem for me the game overstays its welcome it's just it's just not my favorite and i and it makes me really sad because i wanted to love this game and i think initially we had fun because you're reading the cards and and you're looking at the map and there's some things on the map that correspond to the actual attraction and some of the jokes are the same and that's cool but that that wears off very quickly and so you're playing this game and I, i think on the box Uh, let's see on the box, it says maybe it doesn't say how long the game is Uh, 45 to 60 minutes. I think it's it took us longer than that, it took us longer than an hour to play this the first time, and we were just all
1: ready for it to be done. This sounds like a 35 to 40 minute game, it should have been, you know, should have been. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So So maybe not all the cards during the game so that you still want to play the game two or three more times and see some more skipper jokes, right?
0: Yeah, it almost felt like, you know, you mentioned earlier some of the, the Casper game. You know, you have some of these things that happen in the game that you're, you know, they're funny because you can relate to the movie or relate to the ride or whatever it is. But this one, you don't want to go through all of that, like you said, in the, the one game that you play, because then you've played a game and you're like, OK, I'm, I'm done. I don't need to play this anymore.
1: Yeah, that's a miss there. I, I, I think shortening up the game. And and having a little sense of discovery to play it a couple more times, I think that would, I would that would be better. You know, I I like the Jungle Cruise. It's a classic attraction. It, it's got that. It's got the hand of Walt on it. Uh, so so I want to see that. But if I want to laugh, I'm going to go see Mike and Mike and Sully at the Laugh Floor because there I can go to that show back to back, and it's funny every time because there's a mixture of jokes, and they get to interact with the audience now. If you've been on the John Cruise as much as I know you have, you know that the skippers are supposed to follow a script. That's right. <laughs> but if you get a particularly uh, vibrant skipper, all of a sudden you're going to hear some jokes that are not necessarily on the script. <laughs> which I actually like, you know? Well. That's right.
0: I, so I've had one of my jokes used in the, the Mike and Sully attraction before. And it was met with crickets, not a single laugh, and the entire yeah. I think I think they they didn't hear the joke, or maybe they didn't get the punchline.
1: Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good joke. joke. audio system failure. You <laughs> know, I, in the middle of the stream, I can't think of it. I'm gonna have to check with my wife to see if we've ever gotten a joke on the laugh floor. It seems like we might have. That seems familiar. So good on you for doing that, though, because uh, I love participation. And one of these I'll days, never do it again. again oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, off topic, which one do you like better? Turtle Crush or my consultant? Uh Turtle Crush. Love Turtle
0: Crush. I, it's not as funny, but I, I just think it's, it's better for, for the kids. I have young kids and they love it and, and just so cool. And typically the, the person that they have doing it comes up with some really good stuff that's interactive with the audience as well. So
1: I'm going to agree I'm with, with you. That well. It's a funnier attraction overall, but that voice in Turtle Crush, is, you know, it gets me every time. So We'll say those jokes all day long at the park just because of the voice. Uh, I love it. I know. That's a good one. All right, let's move on to the next one. We're talking Disney 2026 games that are Disney IPs, and they've come out, and these are for hobby gamers uh, that we're talking about. We're skipping the Munchkins and, and the other games. The next one is, I haven't played it, but I almost got this the other day. I want to hear, should I buy the Haunted Mansion's Call of the Spirits game? Tell me about right. it, Dean
0: spoiler my favorite 2020 disney game is haunted mansion i love this one this one this one is a lot of fun um you've got it up on the screen but i've got it right here too Uh, first off let me oh go ahead the the components of this one i'm going to mention that first so you have cards you can show um, um do you have those up there bj sorry no, I have you up. It's just you and the components. Oh, it just it You want to see, see me holding these up. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to hold up the box, although I think the box is uh, – I'm sorry, not the box. The board, I think, is really well done. But the cards is really what makes this game shine. You've got – this game is ultimately set collection, and you are collecting these cards from around the board. You're just going to be moving around the board, collecting these different types of cards. Some of them like this, the more of these that you collect – the more points that you're going to get, you've got some that uh, give you a point, but then you're also going to get points for other types of cards that you're going to collect. And you have ones that allow you to get rid of your haunts, and some that, if I get one, I'm going to get three points, but if I get two, I'm not going to get any. So I need to get three cards so that I can get twelve points. And there's lots of different types of cards. You got the uh, you got the the classic, you know, the the kickoff to the to the ride in there, and uh, um, I'm trying to think some of the other ones, but ultimately. There's just so many different types of art on the card. They didn't skimp on the art at all. I think it's fantastic. But the gist of the game, again, is you're moving around the board. You're collecting these cards that will give you points at the end of the game. But there's also a lot of player interaction in this. You have these – if you're in the same spot as somebody else, you can duel them for – The cards, And what you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm willing to take this many haunt cards. And the other person says, I'm willing to take this many haunt cards because I really need this card that you're trying to steal from me. But if you get haunt cards, what you're going to do is you're going to take the set that you have the most cards of in at the end of the game. If you have the most haunt, that's the total value of these small, tiny cards. If you have the most haunt cards at the end of the game you're gonna you're gonna lose that entire set. So even if you're gaining a lot of points, you know that that one set that I showed that you can get you know 25 points from this card, even if I get that, I might completely lose it if I have a, a, a too much haunt. So you really need to manage that and there's lots of different ways that you you get haunts and that happens from the hitchhiking ghost as well. If they travel through your spots they're gonna give you a haunt card and this is this cool little, little miniature here of the the hitchhiking ghost and it just it's a pretty simple game but i love it i I think this one's a lot of fun and i think again it's my favorite disney game that i've played this year and it's it's not as complex as villainous i think this is going to appeal to a lot more people Uh, i'll be able to play this with my family no problem in fact in fact several of my family members have already picked this one up and have had no problems playing it i like it quite a bit but you've not played this one, but you're you're a little pumped on this one, maybe.
1: Oh, I'm absolutely. I love the haunted mansion. Uh, I try to go to it at every park that I that I, that I visit. I just I I think it's I think it's one of the best uh, attractions from that era. Uh, yeah, it's competitive and it takes it's competitive, right? And it takes that's such right, much time.
0: Yeah, so this one takes about I don't know what it says on the box thirty minutes. Um, that's probably okay. about right. I, I would say maybe with it plays up to six players. With more players. You actually play less rounds, so it does kind of scale a little bit, but I still think six player games. I've not played full six players, I played four players, uh, but I think it still takes probably 30 40 minutes to play that.
1: I I could actually see having a a whole shelf of games just of the park rides, you know, if we see Disney rides, and that's what's so disappointing about Jonah Cruz. But the Haunted Mansion sounds like one that would fit right into the collection, so
0: yeah, I think this is this is kind of the sweet spot for ip games where you're going to get people that might not be like super heavy i uh super heavy uh, hobby board gamers okay but they'll see this they'll love disney they'll see this at target and and pick it up off the shelf and be able to pick it up pretty easily and then introduce me- mechanisms that you see in in hobby board games which that's exactly what i want in these type of games nothing too heavy something i can introduce to my family but it still has some of those interesting mechanisms
1: yeah another prospero hall game from funko and you know I, one of the things that we have to remember, it's got a weight of 1.8 on the BGG scale, which is very light, right? I mean, that's that's a game just about anybody could pick up. And yet, go on Amazon, Dean, and look at the reviews on Amazon, and you're going to see a couple of people go, my wife and I picked up this game, and we've read the rule book four times. We have no idea how to play. So yeah. um, you're not, I'm not necessarily talking about Haunted Mansion, but games like that. So yeah. good on Funko for, they don't always hit, but good on them for trying to, to bring out games that have rules that hobby gamers would enjoy, yet family gamers could still play. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I think that, again, that's what you want to go for, and Funko gets it. Like, they just – I think they're knocking it out of the park, honestly, with with doing that. And we're going to talk about another one soon that that I think they
1: did another good job on. You might not agree. Did they? Did they? (laughs) All right. Let's go to this next one, though. Before we get there, we're talking Disney 2020 top games. I got my buddy Dean from Meeple Town here. This is BJ from Morgan Gumbo and the next game is one that, admittedly, Dean, neither one of us have played. Both of us got excited, though, when it was announced, but we yes. haven't played it yet. But you've done a little bit of sleuthing and can tell me a little bit about what Shadowed Kingdom is. Disney's Shadowed Kingdom. Not a Prospero Hall game, as far as I know. Yeah, this one. Oh, I don't have this one pulled up to show who who did this one. I can't remember now. Um, but this no, is by um, it's from Mondo Games. So that's the same people that licensed the games to a uh, restoration with uh, the Unmatched series. But the designers were Darth Rimmer, Dusty Watkins and Travis Watkins.
0: Yeah, I was really hype on this, like you said. In fact, as soon as I saw this, I texted my sisters and I said, hey, got to check this one out. I started reading more into it. Now, BJ, you've actually played a game similar to this, so you might have some some better things to say about this, but this is a head-to-head game right? where you are playing cards into a uh, two-by-two grid, and, and the way that you put those cards into play affects, uh, affects how those different cards interact with each other. Is that right? You what, What's the game you said you played that seems similar to this one?
1: Yeah, I was looking it up, so keep going. I'm going to see if I can find the name of the game.
0: Okay, um, so... <laughs> I was gonna to try to pull this up so I could see what the different characters because you have you know some of the
1: uh some of the normal Disney cat characters rescue cat rescue Jay Bell, our mutual friend Jay Bell from our little gateway group taught me cat rescue and it's got kind of that similar mechanic. You you want me to explain a little mechanic or do you think you yeah, have it? Explain how that plays out when you're playing those cards into that, that two by two grid. Yeah, so th- think think of a two by two grid, and in that two by two grid, uh when you push cards towards your your um, Toward you. So if you and I were playing, if I push cards toward you, you would get a benefit. If you push cards to me, I would get a benefit. And if we push cards out of the way, that would be, you know, special type powers would come out. Sort of like the way Cat Rescue works, in that it's sort of those puzzles where you're pushing cards. You know the, the little sliding puzzles that you see at like cracker barrel type places? Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. So are the mechanic and ohm. Have you ever played Ohm? Ulm has, okay. Ohm has that mechanic where there's tiles that you push, and it's just like those little square puzzles that you see at uh Cracker Barrel. So that's the vibe I'm getting from Shadow Kingdom. That that the, the two by two grid is I'm pushing and pulling cards between the two of us to try to get either the cards that are really helpful to us, you know, with not that we don't want to play the cards that are, are going to hurt us, the shadow cards, and yeah, then pushing
0: out cards we don't need. Sorry. I don't think we said that, but it's it's cooperative. You're working together. And
1: I think there are three different types of cards. There's the magic cards, which I want to push out towards you, towards us, so we can get points that we need for the victory. And then there's the shadow cards, which is going to keep us from winning the game. And then other places that are going to get pushed out, which we can explore. So there'll be some kind of in-game type of bonus or a special power that comes out. That's about all I know about the game, but I, I like the artwork. It kind of reminds me of that video game. That was sort of the shadow kingdom type thing. Remember?
0: That's right. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought of. And I, in fact, that's why I sent it to, to my sisters. Cause one of my sisters is really into that. I sent that they did a talisman in that same, uh, with yes. the same characters, if I remember right. Uh,
1: which but, reminds me, there's always a rumor that we're going to get a fifth park and the fifth park is going to be Disney villains or Disney shadows, you know, the shadow kingdom. So, you know, when I saw this, I was like, Oh, maybe this is a tie in, but yeah. it doesn't appear to be much more than just a simple two player cooperative card game. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think that's exactly right. And it is, you mentioned that, that mad love game, but this is a, it is a re-implementation of that game. So it plays out pretty simply. Uh, I just, it's 15 minute game. I might really like this one. I'm just not sure if I'm that hype on this one. Um, but what did you think of Mad Love? Because again, it's a re implementation of that game.
1: I haven't played Mad Love. So I guess I'll, I guess oh,
0: I'll need to I was oh. telling you about it. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We yeah, need I, to I actually... played Cat
1: Rescue with him. I just haven't played that other one. So. Oh, gotcha. All right. Okay, so okay. we're gonna let we're gonna let the Disney fans out there know there is Shadowed Kingdom. It's a two player game from Mondo Games. You and I haven't played it yet, but we're gonna try to check it out at some point. That's right. That's right. But there is one game we both have played. We might disagree. And that's Disney's Hocus Pocus. Take it away. How, how, you know the game better than me. I've played it probably half a dozen times. You've probably played it more than that. So tell me about Disney's Hocus Pocus. That's probably
0: right. Yeah. So Hocus Pocus, you are working together and you are trying to. Uh, you're trying to stun the Sanderson sisters. You got to stun them three times in order to win the game.
1: And, and we all know their names. It's Winifred, Winifred's sister, and Winifred's other sister. Right?
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. Good thing is they have it all listed on the on the game component. They do see all that. <laughs> Uh, and you got Binks the cat as well. So you are going to be trying to first off, find out information about what other people have. So at the start of your turn, you'll ask a question like, um, who has uh, orange cards and, and you know, or or who has this type of symbol or whatever. So you can kind of, and these are the, these are the five symbols, right? That's right. That's the yep. the five symbols and the five different cards. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to lay cards out in onto those uh, card spots on the board in a way that matches up the way that you want to knock out which specific Sanderson sister. So for example, Winifred, if you want to knock her out, you have to get all of the, uh, all of those symbols and all of the same color. If I remember, I might've got the sister wrong, but all the sisters have different configurations of how you want to play those cards out.
1: One was pretty easy. One was a little bit harder. And then Winifred was everything had to match basically. That's right. That's right. You had to have everything match. But when you do that, what happens is sometimes these
0: spell cards are going to come out and spell cards are bad. Bad things happen with spell cards, specifically if Winifred is casting that spell on you. And if she's stunned, then if her card comes out where she's going to cast a bad spell on you, then that thing doesn't happen, which is really nice. So you want to try to knock her out because the other sisters aren't as, as uh, powerful as what she is. And once you, once you knock them out, stun them three times, you can stun the same one, three times. You can stun all three of them. It doesn't matter how you do it. But once you stun them three times, then you win the game. There's also spe- excuse me special abilities that you can use. They, you've got four special abilities you can use throughout the game, but they're a one-time use thing. Uh, Binks the cat, when you get him, allows you to have the player with Binks. You can have all of your cards showing because no one can see what your cards are. So I might be going for something, playing a card, and it does not help anyone else. And so you're you're kind of figuring out information while you're playing cards. But with Binks, you can see somebody's card, so at least you know something that you can work towards. This was a hit
1: with my family, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, you love it. And just to clarify, you can't do the same sister all three times. You do have to rotate with the sisters, but you don't have to do each of the three sisters, I think is what you what you were trying to say. Correct. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, you, yeah. I, loved, I will tell you this. I love those four special powers. I've got them up on the screen, and mm-hmm. what I liked about them is that They're not completely game-breaking, but they really are necessary. And that decision as to when to play those, which you have to do uh, mutually, if I remember right, it's since it's, it's a cooperative game, yep. that decision was always like, God, we really need to use this. And if you didn't and you lost the game, you're like, oh, we still had two powers left. We should have used one of them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> do you find this game difficult, BJ? Holy cow. <laughs> yes. I th- my wife – now, we played it as a two-player. You know, with COVID, the most I've played it, I think, is either th- yeah, three. I think three, maybe four is the most I played it. Unfortunately, you know, I just didn't have the game nights where I could get a big group to play. And I think we, we found it much easier at four player than we did at two two player was two player was tough. It really yeah. was tough. You know, this beautiful little gumbo pot where you think you're just gonna stir some roux, maybe throw some sausage or you know, maybe some um, you know, some some type of greens or some type of vegetables. Uh, potatoes or eggs that you're putting in there, um, you know. Or, but you know, chicken, whatever you want. This little gumbo pot was very difficult because we just—I can't tell you how many times we looked at each other, going, "Well, I thought you had this card, and yeah. that's why I played that one, and that's why we did this." And I, I, my problem is that it was a miss for me. The the reason it was a miss is because I just wanted to win. I didn't necessarily care about how I was winning, and I don't really like games like that. I have a philosophy that I, I play with some people that they came they care they care more about coming out first than winning the game. And that that, that doesn't sound right until you think about it. Some people just care but I don't care how I I've got a particular friend, he'll play the same exact strategy over and over and just beat you over and over. He doesn't care about winning so much. He just wants to be first. He wants to make sure he's in first place. Whereas I'm, I'm. If I played Castles of Burgundy thirty times, I'm going to explore other strategies and see if I can win. If somebody tells me in Castles of Burgundy, oh, the sheep or the, the the animals are the are the strongest part of the game. You can't win without doing the farms. I'm going to try to win without them. You yeah. Know? And with Hocus Pocus, with this one, it just man, it was just really beating us over the head. And I just wanted to, I really just wanted to 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 win the game so that I could say I completed it. You know, I didn't yeah. necessarily enjoy my plays. That being said, the more I played it, I will be honest, the more I played it the more I liked it. Okay. So, yeah, I got I got to the first two plays going, I can't see myself playing this enough to review it. And then I got to the end after we won and played it a couple of times going, oh, I'm actually kind of enjoying this. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah, where, I don't this one was kind of tricky when I when I taught my family. Um, so I have played the full. I don't remember is five six players I've got sitting here somewhere. Um, what the full count of that is? Uh, two to six right? players. Yeah, six players. So we've played the full the full six players, which I I definitely recommend this one at that higher player count than the than the two player because when you ask for the information, that becomes more interesting than just one other player that you're asking information for but they found it difficult for a while to figure out how to play the cards until finally I was, it hit me. This game is kind of Uno. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way because actually I like this game, but to teach this game, you have to, when you place a card, it either has to match the color or it has to match the symbol on whatever you're placing it on, which is just like Uno. You're matching the number or you're matching the the color. But for some reason, it was really difficult for somebody to grasp. So which, what card can I play in this spot? Until I started saying, oh, if you played Uno, you know how to play that. But now that you, I don't want to say that because you hear Uno and you're already going to think, oh, I might play Uno. But it's yeah. not. It's, 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 not Uno. It, it's a cooperative game, but just the way you play your cards is like Uno.
1: Yeah, it has the card matching part. I, I will tell you this. I liked the way they presented the game. This is definitely the characters from the movie. Which was my wife's one of my wife's favorite movies. We have to watch it, you know, forty times during the month of October. Yeah. It plays constantly, but um, the, the the artwork actually is such a great homage to the movie. Yes, Binks the Binks character. I mean, the, look at it, it's so photogenic, just staring at you. I mean, it's yeah. really it's really a, one of the coolest meeples I've ever owned. I yeah. just wish I liked the game a little bit more. Um, It is the kind of game, though, as you said. If I'm going to introduce to family people that don't play any games at all, I can teach them that Uno mechanic that you talked about. Show them what a cooperative game is like. If all they're used to is playing Uno and hitting them with draw fours, you know, just being mean to each other. Yeah. Show them that this is more of a cooperative game. Or if they like Disney movies at all, you know, they're they're gonna like Hocus Pocus. So yeah. I I like the theme. I love the artwork. Um. I love the special powers. Just as a whole, there are cooperative games I'd rather play than Hocus Pocus. So.
0: Totally, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's a miss for me. I think with the theme because I've got some, you know, family members that really love Hocus Pocus. And, you know, you've got the fluff text on the card that matches up with the movies, and I think that's cool. All the integration of all the components with the gameplay and all that. I think I think they accomplish what they were setting out to do, and I think people who like Hocus Pocus that might not be into to heavier hobby board games but want to maybe be introduced to some, this is a really great entry point to that, I think.
1: It's well-designed. Yes. So that, that's not a knock-on. It's well-designed. You're right. The flavor text is awesome. It actually, the spe- and I don't have copies of them here, but the spell cards is really where it comes out. And each one of them, yeah. you're going to recognize from the movie. So yeah, I, I will say this. Uh, I was the one that it said it was a miss, but the two people that I played it with, for the most part, uh, like my wife and her friend, they loved it. They just love this game. They, uh, my wife wanted to play this every night. She wanted to beat this game. So I'll <laughs> tell you. I just wish wife, we were better at this. She really enjoyed this one quite a bit. That's Hocus Pocus. Uh, nah, for me. But it sounds like Dean says one of his favorite games of all time. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Like, that was a paraphrase, I think. I was, I was definitely stretching the paraphrase there. <laughs> Last game we're going to talk about tonight, a game you and I have not talked uh, – actually haven't played. So we're just going to throw it out there for people uh, – Sure, there's more games in there. There's Hollywood Tower, Hotel Jenga. There's Disney Sketch Tales, which I saw at Target the other day. And there's Munchkin and Monopoly. There's always Munchkin and Monopoly if you want to buy those. But this is something a little bit different. Uh, Dean, what, what caught my eye about this is there are six or seven different ones with Mickey, Toy Story, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and, of course, you got to have the villains. Um, it's It looks like a little quick-playing 10- or 15-minute card game. Where you're playing against other people reminded you a little bit of silver in, in describing the mechanics, right?
0: In this, you can kind of mix and match what, uh, you know, the mix and match the different sets together, and you have these different abilities that come out with the different sets that you have. That's it, it, that's what Good. kind of has that, that silver coin, silver dagger feel to it. But the game itself, I mean, you're, you're essentially, it looks like you're, you're drawing a card, you're putting it into play, and you have these uh, sets and runs that you're working on. But beyond that, like you said, each one of the sets has a character that allows you to have these different powers that plays out. I think this one sounds really cool for, you know, kind of a, again, like a big box store type of game that might be a little more complex than something you're used to playing like Uno or something like that. Not, not a whole lot. I don't think this one adds a whole lot of
1: weight to it at all, but it seems I'm interested in these. I, I really want to check these out. I think you're hitting the nail on the head. This is, I mean, you're looking at it, it's six plus, and I know that has to do with the toy factor, but it also has to do with the complexity. Two to four players says it plays in 10 to 15 minutes, and it's collectible. I mean, that's really the point of this thing. It's Funko doing the little, you know, Prospero Hall putting their 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 great game design on some beautiful little Funko Pops. So when mom and dad go into the store, instead of buying yet another copy of Funko get him something wild instead. I will tell you, Dean, I'm willing to try this. I really am. I'm willing to try it. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's kind of that same idea of, of the Funko verse games. You know, it's, it's got that toy factor to it. Uh, but obviously this is much lighter. And I think, I think you're exactly right, BJ, you know, getting that, that toy factor with it, but also, Hey, let's, let's play this game, you know, might, might, you know, trick your
1: kid into playing games with you exactly and that's what the villains are all about tricking the kids so that's that's our six games that's the six games that we're looking at at 2020 for those D- Disney fans it was a good year for Disney uh, games I haven't heard a lot about what's coming out next year in fact Funko's been very quiet about what's coming out with villainous have you heard anything yet with the new sets
0: no I was I was looking you know I wondered they've got the Marvel villainous which we didn't mention at all which I guess is in the Disney wor- world as well not a big fan not a fan. Not a fan. Okay, I, I love Marvel, but I've got a lot of Marvel games, so I don't really need that one. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, not, not, I'm not interested in that one. But I, I'm just wondering now if they're going to kind of pour heavily into yeah. that, or if they're going to maybe hit up some of these Pixar, you know, or venture into these other worlds of uh, Disney. You know, maybe maybe Star Wars. Who knows? You know, I don't know what they <laughs> what direction they're going to go. But there's a lot of opportunities for them to to go with. I think.
1: You know what we should do we should do this another time and talk about what attractions we think they should come out yes. for board games, right? I, I love, love the idea of board. I, Look, I go to the parks all the time and I'm walking through the store and I see all these, you know, Disney uh, games and they have the park attractions, but it's Monopoly and it's, you know, Jenga and it's all this stuff and I don't want those games. Yeah. So the idea uh, that you and I could talk about some of our favorite attractions being turned into games that would be a fun video.
0: I think I could come up with a list of that. I would love to do that.
1: I bet you could, Dean. i would have to I have a part, part due here. We will. We're going to have a part due. I want to do that. So, <laughs> All right. Hey, Board Gamers and Disney fans. PJ from Board Game Gumbo here wrapping it up. Make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Board Game Gumbo, and our YouTube channel. It helps us to get the word out about all of our upcoming shows. Season eight's going to be starting. We're taking a break this week to hang out with Dean, but Season 8 will be starting Dean, if people want to get in touch with you and talk Disney or board gaming, how do they get in touch with you and John?
0: Yeah, so you can just go to our website. It's MeepleTownGames.com. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Games. Or if you are on Board Game Geek and you're into the the guilds, you can check us out on our guild 3407. I think that's it. Is that right? Is it 3407?
1: I, <laughs> I think it is.
0: Told yeah. You, searching by the number is not the best way to go. So just look for Meepletown Guild. You might have to Google that probably. Yeah.
1: Check it out. And you're active on, uh, you guys are active on Twitter. You're active on all the social media. So look at that. And you can okay. find us on Twitter, on YouTube, or on Facebook, or on Instagram at Board Game Gumbo. I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo, Dean. And until uh, next, oh, I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo. <laughs> I'm Dean from Meepletown. This is the script, BJ. Stick to the script. <laughs> We're going to try that again. I'm going to have to finally do some editing. I'm B.J. from Board Game Gumbo. And I'm Dean from Meeple Town. And until next time, Dean, les le bon temps rouler. Thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by B.J. Rosa and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com. Hey, this is Patrick. And this is Eric. From Patrick Patrick and and Eric Eric in in the morning. Morning. Join us every now and again for about a half an hour as we freeform chat about whatever's on our minds and how it all relates back to our favorite hobby, board gaming. Patrick and Eric in the Morning can be found on the What Did You Play This Week podcast feed and on the Punchboard Media site. Happy listening.